We're back here on The Scoop on Life. It is Chase. So glad you are joining us again. Hope you enjoyed part one of uh, this episode on gender with Phil and Candace Moser. Today, we are going to dive into part two, and we're going to see really how gender relates to the gospel. Phil and Candace Moser. Phil is the pastor at Redeemer Church in Oxford, where Lauren and I uh, are members, and really thankful that Phil and Candace took time to uh, to talk about this important issue with us. So let's dive in now to part two of our conversation on gender with Phil and Candace Moser. You know, we, we see the design that, that God has laid out for us, and we see how this points to life, but, you know, as far as, as gender, how does it point to the gospel? How can we, we get to the gospel from this? Yeah, well, I think a couple ways that I think about that. Um, first, maybe before we even get to uh, the gospel, is that gender points to something just about the nature of God. So in Genesis 1, uh, as God is creating uh, in Genesis 1, he says, let us make man in our image. Uh, and you hear there, for the first time, this this hint of plurality in God, that uh, God says, let us make man in our image. And then in the image of God, he created them, male and female. Uh, and so y- you see these hints there that come to full fruition uh, in the doctrine of the Trinity in the New Testament. But even there in Genesis 1, the opening chapter of the Bible, we see this hint that God is uh, not just a single person, but uh, that there is distinction within uh, God, that he is three persons. We, we know that comes to fruition later, but there's there's plurality, there's distinction there. He's not just a homogenous single person. And in creating his image, he creates male and female. Uh, and and those two become one. And so there's there's a picture there of the distinction and unity of God. Um, and and so when we flatten out the distinctions, um, that's saying something about God. That's saying uh that that's reflecting something. When we when we try to act like we're not different, uh, then we're actually losing the opportunity to display something about who God is. Um, just first and foremost, just the nature of, of God. Anything you wanted to add there? No, I mean just the, yeah, that does flatten flatten the distinction and the beauty and glory of all that we see God is in the Trinity and um where you you wouldn't necessarily connect those dots, you know, right off the bat whenever you are resisting God's design of gender. But when you see that, oh, no, this is how he's made me to be a woman, how he's made you to be a man is imaging who God is. That is that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. And so it goes back to creation and, and to who God is. But then it does point forward to the gospel and and that uh male and female relationship, the, the place where we see that lived out most clearly is in marriage and uh, the, the union of one man and one woman. And, um, and again, Paul tells us that that union, which happened in Genesis 2, he tells us in Ephesians 5, that referred to uh, the relationship between Christ and the church. So, so when God made male and female and brought them together, he was doing it as an illustration. It was a planned illustration of what was going to happen one day, that the son would give himself for his bride, uh, that Christ would lay down his life for his church, and the church would respond in loving uh, submission to Christ, uh, 
that that marriage pictures that. And it's not just that um, God looked down on the earth and thought, oh, marriage, that's a pretty good illustration of the gospel. No, God designed marriage to be the illustration of the gospel. Um, that, that That's that's why he created it the way he did, to, to, to point to something beyond itself. And so all this to say then when, like God could have just made us all one gender. I mean, he could have done that theoretically. He could have, uh, he could have, uh, created us in an infinite number of ways, yet he chose to make us male and female because he wanted us to image forth who he is and he wanted us to reflect what he was going to do in Christ. And so for believers, when, when we come to know who God is and we come to know the work of the gospel, and then, and then we start hearing these roles uh, and differences as, as male and female, we should, we should say, I get to reflect who God is. I get to... I get to show forth something of the gospel by living as a man, by living as a woman. We, it's an opportunity to worship, really. And, and that's so different than asking, what can I do, what can't I do, um, to see it in the context of God's, God's purpose to point back to himself and point back to Christ. So, I mean, I was asking you earlier, like, what would you say if, uh, if a girl asked you, you know, uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm just really struggling with... Uh, how I, I can't do this. Uh, how, how does that like help? Like, how, how would you talk to someone like that? I mean, I think um, I would acknowledge that I hear you, you know, <laughs> like I hear you and I, I understand and have felt um, that struggle before, you know, and where I've almost felt um, discontent with what was permitted for me to do in the church. And, um, you know, I didn't like that. I felt that way, but it's just how I, it's just how I felt. And I, um, I just know like searching out and thinking through like, what is, what does it mean? What does, you know, what does it mean? Um, and, and to connect it back to, um, the goodness of God's, God's creation, God's design for the church. And I'm not, I'm not accepting, um, these rules and laws or whatnot. You you know what I mean? Like uh, lines because women aren't qualified to, or they don't have gifts or, um, because, um, you know, but, but because God has designed, has a beautiful design, um, for women in the church to function in such a way that reveals who he is. And, um, and somehow like this, this is very, very good. And when we see men leading and, um, protecting and, um, and it not in, in, in such a way that's not oppressive and it, it is godly. And we see women nurturing and cultivating beauty and serving in such a way that leans into the way God has designed them. Then we then we step back and see this beautiful, rich picture and accepting it is is trusting an act it is an act of trusting God that this is this is God's design. And even though maybe I have these gifts. I, I like to teach. I really enjoy teaching, you know, um, seeing, asking the question, well, where has God said that it's best for me to teach? That's where I want to lean in and use, and I'm not going to see it as a hindrance, but actually 
he, he has planned, he's planned for me to have this desire and to use it in these ways. And it's good, you know, um, it kind of reminds me of an illustration our old college pastor used, uh, not about this issue, but it, it correlates that, uh, you know, where, where is a train most free and it's not most free in the sand, it's not most free in the, uh, in the water and the mud, it's, mo- it's most free on the tracks, right? Because that's what, that's what a train was designed to go on. Uh, and for, you know, a train might think, I, I wish I wasn't confined to these tracks, you know, I wish I could be, be free, but, but, but off the tracks, you realize that you can't, can't actually live out that design or, you know, where you just say with the fish, where, where's a fish most free? I, I want to be in the, in the, on the land. It's like, no, you're free in the water. Cause that's how God made you. And there, there's something to that here that, that, um, even though we might not understand it, first, if we if we trust God and embrace yeah. the context and the ways in which He's called us to live, that that I really believe you'll experience uh, greater happiness yes. going with the grain of His design than against the grain, um, because that's how He made you. So it's trusting it's trusting that He knows us better than we know ourselves, yes. right? Because He's our Creator, um, and and what He's done for Christ just shows us. Um, if there's any doubt that this creator loves us, what he's done for us in Christ shows us he loves you so much. Uh, he gave his son for you. You can trust him. You can trust him with this. Um, and it uh, doesn't mean there's not struggles and there's so many questions that we're not even beginning to ask tonight about this. So again, I'd, I'd commend the book, but um, but we can trust God's design. And, and, and uh, when we live according to it, uh, it's going to be witness to others. Yeah, and, and we could spend hours uh, talking about this and, and the roles and, and God's design. I do want to mention the Men and Women in the Church book. Uh, we're going to put that into the, a link to it in the description uh, of, of our podcast uh, of this episode. But, uh, you know, we went through that as a, a church together this summer. Uh, what made you want to, to take us through that? And, and what stood out to you about that book? Man, well, uh, obviously... Um, the larger culture is as confused as we could ever imagine on on the topic of gender and male and female, and uh, and so that's the larger culture issue. But within the broader church, uh, there have been uh, a lot of discussions about th- these things as well, and a lot of uh, pushback the last few years on of women's roles in particular, and a lot of uh, uh, discussion about. Um, you know, if tradi- what's what's traditional, if what's traditional is actually biblical, um, related to things even like the Me Too movement, and you know, there there are there are things that are important to see. There has been abuse, there has been um, demeaning, there has been misogyny. These, these things have been there, and so you know, a lot of discussions have been coming up, and so I, I picked it up myself just to just to get a better grip on all of it myself, and and. Uh, it's a short biblical practical introduction, so I thought that sounds that sounds doable and doable. So we did that, and then I wasn't sure if we wanted to do it together. And Candace and I were reading it together one night, and and uh, it was the chapter where he's he's addressing what would you say to your son if he asked, "What does it mean to be a man?" What would you say to your daughter if she asked, "What does it mean to be a woman?" And as we read that chapter, uh, I just became convinced we all need this. We all need this, and I'm so glad we did it. Um, Those are just such important questions, and to address them and hold out the value of leaning into the God's good design, um, and and when the culture is so confused and 
sees sees gender as almost a hindrance to what do you do what you want to do and throw off any hindrance that that could be causing instead of seeing it as this valuable um beautiful good creation of of god yeah and i think also um you know faithful witness means that we stand on the things that are being most attacked in our day um Obviously, we stand on the the gospel and the confessions of of the truth of Scripture. But um, in our day, this is it: this is biblical uh, gender and sexuality and marriage. These are all the issues that are being attacked by our culture that yeah. the culture wants us to compromise on. And so, uh, if, if this is where the attack is, then we need to uh, be equipped to to give a response. Um, and long term. I think that our culture is going to experience a lot of brokenness from the decisions and choices people are making today. And and so we want to be there when that brokenness hmm. comes. And we want to be there as those who have held fast to the biblical pattern, who can say um, there's forgiveness and there's healing in Christ and... Um, and who can show uh, the goodness of God's design. Uh, right now, the world doesn't want to hear anything of it, but um, but some people, when that brokenness settles in, God will use that to, to make them reconsider. Oh, yeah. um, we can pray that way and, and be ready for those moments. That's really good. And again, there's so much we could get to on this, but I really appreciate y'all uh, taking time and, and, and breaking this down with us. Very important, uh, very important topic, so I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Read the book. Hope you enjoyed part two of this uh, great conversation on the very important topic of gender. And uh, if you missed part one, you can go back uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and uh, you can listen to part one. Also, check out our website, thescooponlife.com. We'll have blog posts, other pro-life resources on there as well. If you'd like to contact us, uh, there's a way you can contact us there uh, on our website. Also on our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, uh, you can contact us there as well. And that's where we kind of put things out on when we're releasing uh, new episodes or blog posts. So just go to our uh, Facebook and Instagram pages and uh, and like those, follow them, and you'll be up to date with all we have going on here with The Scoop on Life. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time.